When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we're talking with Bryce Hopple, who is an 800-meter specialist. He's one of the best in the United States. He runs for Adidas, lives in Lawrence, Kansas, went to University of Kansas. I met him back in 2019 when he was, like, on his winning streak. I don't even know how many 800s he ended up winning in a row, but that was really when he popped off, and he's been on a tear since then. He most recently made it to the Olympics and the World Championships. And today we talk about, I don't even know what we talked about, a lot of different things. So I hope you guys enjoy. Also, if you guys love the podcast and you haven't done it yet, I would love it if you rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, because I just love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously means the world to me. And it's like the only feedback I really get on this podcast. So I just really appreciate it. But yeah, okay, let's get into the episode. Bryce Hopple on the pod. I feel like it's been a long time coming. I probably should have had you on years ago, but I don't know. Popped up on my uh, Instagram and I was like, you know what? I need to chat with him. I also saw you in Budapest. I was there. I don't even, I think I was there for your semi, but yeah, like he needs to come <laughs> on my podcast. So thanks for coming. I know. Up. It's been a while. I feel like you were like one of the first like content creators, like media people that I met in my early on in my career. And so it's nice to to finally get it in <laughs> yeah i know a lot has happened since then i think we met in like 2019 so yeah. you've been you made it to the olympics worlds you're just a stud out there so i'm excited to learn <laughs> all about it um to start off the episode if people don't know who you are which would be surprising but if they don't do you want to share with us a little bit about yourself yeah for sure uh i'm bryce hopple i run the 800 meters primarily I, I get a 15 in every now and then uh but i'm from midland texas originally uh i went to University of Kansas ran there for three years and just turned pro and been trying to make as many team USA's as I can and been pro since 2019 yeah run for Adidas yeah so did you go pro pro early yeah so I went after my junior season in Kansas and that was like a whole like decision because I wanted to like do my last year like give everything that I could to Kansas and then and then go after that but luckily I did go when I did because COVID hit that next year and then no one gets out of the season so kind of got lucky with that yeah I feel like you made the perfect decision because who would have known what would have happened because I remember around that time period in 2020 like even like the really good runners were having a hard time getting contracts because just no one had money because no one was racing and the brands were not willing to dole out the cash but you probably would have gotten one anyways because you were like you know winning everything so I feel like you would (laughs) have been fine but probably still a good decision to go when you did Uh, absolutely I I feel like I got lucky with it and haven't looked back so (laughs) yeah do you feel like you were ready to like go early do you have any regrets at all not taking that last year definitely no regrets um yeah I don't know if I felt like ready just because like I never really saw myself as gone pro and then everything just like escalated super quickly with that season and then it's all of a sudden like hey you have these offers like you better get going you're gonna like go run for Adidas and you're on your first U.S. team going to Doha like first time out of the country so it was all pretty overwhelming but no I was excited for it I tried to be as ready as I could yeah I'm I'm curious about like your how you got started in running and stuff because like you said you said that you never saw yourself going pro and then it all happened at once but did you I guess like how did you get into it originally yeah so I ran or I played soccer for most of my life and then I kind of just like stumbled my way into cross country from soccer because my high school soccer coach is like yo like you guys have to go out to cross-country practice to stay in shape over the summer and I was like ah oh, like, all right we'll go do that and then I ended up just making some really good friends and we had some coaches that really cared about us in cross-country and I don't know kind of just like ended up falling in love with the sport through that I mean couldn't say I fell in love with running right away uh didn't like waking up at 5 a.m and getting in those miles but um the guys made it better and then I was like all right I guess I'm kind of good at this and so I kind of just went uh, along with that that summer of my sophomore year in high school 
and then um things were going well i was like all right i think i might dedicate myself to like see what i can do in track just like junior junior year and then kind of took off from there made state got second and then it just kind of kept escalating (laughs) what did your soccer coach say about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean he was a little upset um i think i was more so worried about not losing all my friends from soccer but like i'd played soccer for so long and that's just like where my friend group was and um didn't want to like abandon those guys but uh, it, was, it was a tough decision and then i, I guess it was the right one because now i'm running running professionally <laughs> which one is more fun in your opinion do you think soccer or running <laughs> oh man i mean running now just like i get to travel the world and go to all these in- incredible places um but i do miss like the team aspect of soccer like uh track is very individualized and you only get to be around like your teammates when when you're on like the the u.s teams and so i wish there could be more of a team aspect to track it would, would be nice yeah i feel like they should some i mean everyone always talks about it how to make the sport better or whatever and i'm honestly i think everyone's kind of sick of the conversation but i feel like they need the team thing like there's teams here and there but they need a more i don't know set team sort of uh feuds and stuff because i feel like it would make it more interesting i know right if we can put together like a league or like i i i'm not a big visionary so i don't know what how we would put that together but i don't think none of the athletes should be the visionaries whether there should be the people behind the sport you know making it happen um at the end of the day i just get out there and run two laps on the track yeah that could be that could be someone else's job to yeah cook up (laughs) yeah as as it should be um (laughs) So were you like, when you were playing soccer growing up, were you like just the runner on the team? Like how did your, uh, I don't know, I guess, did you know that you were going to be good at running eventually? Or was it just kind of like a, I hate this sort of thing? I think I did always have like that weird personality trait to where like we would do conditioning and like I had to have been like, like I was probably like eight or seven years old. And we'd always practice at the, at the baseball stadium where my dad works out on the field. And then like, he'd have us like run around the whole grounds of like the baseball stadium. And I'd always be like excited to do it. It's like, Oh yeah, let's go guys. Like let's get this run in. And cause like, I'd always be like the fastest one and stuff. So like I, I enjoyed it. Uh, didn't really like enjoy the conditioning side of it, but I think there was always like those early indicators that I should have been a runner or should be a runner and stuff. And yeah, no, there's definitely early signs on where, you know, just like those things like, Oh, you're the fastest kid in school when you're in like kindergarten and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of the same way. I used to swim growing up and it was the same thing where we had like dry land, like conditioning sort of stuff. And I would do it with like the older group and I would, I would just be like enjoying it, enjoying the running that we would have to do around the pool. Uh, like around, I don't know, not the actual pool deck, but around, we would like do miles around yeah. whatever. And people would get mad at me. They're like, you're like, they're like, you need to slow down. Like you're going to tire <laughs> out or whatever. But it's like, I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, why are you saying this to me? No, I feel great. And so it was like that same sort of thing where then I had to make the decision to quit swimming and stuff, but obviously oh, I ended up working out in the long run. Do you ever still no. play soccer like in the off season? I'm assuming that you don't do it during season, but. I actually haven't. I've not touched a soccer ball in so long. I mean, I, I occasionally just like find a soccer ball and just like juggle it and just like kind of touch it around. But like, no, I haven't really gone on a field and like actually played and it's been a long time. Jeez. I'm yeah. sure anyone would love to have you on their rec team. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that you would still be very good. down the sideline and I'll, I'll sprint down the sideline. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So growing <laughs> up, you grew up in Texas, right? Yes, grew up in Midland, Texas. Small town out west. Um, pretty much just oil out there and dirt. <laughs> yeah, what was that like? Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I people from there complain about it all the time because like, oh, there's not much to do. But I mean, I feel like I had good friends and there's good people there. And so we made the most of it, played a lot of, a lot of board games at the house. I would always be the the friend hosting everyone. And it just seemed like we had a good time and stayed away from alcohol and drugs and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah, like that's, yeah. it's, I don't know when I talk to people from small towns, I feel like that's the number one thing that people do is just, they start drinking and smoking and stuff really early. So I feel like that is an accomplishment in itself to not do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people fall into that, but I was, I was lucky to have a, pretty talented uh friend group where they all went off and did their own things as well and yeah it was a good group of guys were they all athletes too or were they like just driven in other areas uh all athletes so mostly soccer um i'd like a couple of them went off to play college soccer and stuff um but yeah no we 
I feel like we challenged it. Like the friends that I grew up with, we we played just about everything. Like we grew up on a like travel baseball team, and then we played soccer as well. I dabbled in football a little bit. Can't say I was good at it, or I really liked it. I love watching the sport. It's probably one of football is probably my favorite to watch. Um, can't say I loved playing it though. I would funny story. I would I would hide in the back. Like it was my freshman year in high school, and I know I was like kind of like a smaller kid still at that time, and uh, like one of my friends at the time also didn't really like football, and we'd hide in the back of like the the thing when we're doing practice and drills and stuff, and the coach would always be calling out like Hopple, like where are you at? Get up here. <laughs> and yeah i just i'd be ducking getting in there <laughs> i mean i would say probably track and football are polar opposite sports so it kind of <laughs> makes sense um also <laughs> yeah. the thought of being tackled or hit many times doesn't really sound very appealing to me so i understand I they would set us up to get drilled sometimes and it's just like you know, i'm not trying to not trying to get hurt or yeah concussed <laughs> what what teams are your favorite to watch now Oh, yeah, the Cowboys. Um, can't say they've been too fun to watch. Mm. They uh pretty pretty disappointing. Um, but it's been fun. I'm mean, I'm always loyal to the Cowboys, but I've been in Lawrence, which is like right outside of Kansas City, and so it's been fun kind of cheering along the Chiefs and be a part of the Super Bowl parades and everything like that. So that's an easy team to like join the bandwagon for. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're no, kind of lucky with that one. I do get lucky with that because. Cowboys sure aren't coming through, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm like trying to get into sports. Not really a big sports watcher, but my boyfriend is obsessed. He's from Philly, so we're just oh. rooting for the Eagles. We love <laughs> I mean, the Eagles. We meaning him. And then I say, yeah. go Devin Allen. He played literally, I think, for about 10 seconds yesterday. And oh, um, yeah. yeah, so that's like my only loyalty to the Eagles is there there's a chat guy on their team. No, I'm glad he uh, yeah, I'm glad he's getting in there. That's awesome. I, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. I just the track I, they're so rowdy, like the the fans. Like I wish I was so passionate as like these football people are. I don't know. I just don't have that emotional attachment. Like I have it football, to running, yeah. I guess. Like because I don't know. I have a bunch of friends running like pro track and field, so like I have that emotional attachment. I just don't have it to the football. You know, <laughs> I just didn't grow yeah, up watching it. Yeah, maybe you'll get the attachment. Also, like fantasy league helps a lot because you're competing against your friends with like all the fantasy teams. Yeah, um, but uh, about fan excitement, I was over when I was like coming back from Budapest and doing dime leads and stuff. I was like chilling over in Europe for a little bit, and I went over to like an English Premier League game, and those fans—that's something else. Like they do not stop chanting, and it's just a lot of energy. It was cool to be a part of. Like we need to bring more energy track even though like the fans at in budapest and like all those diamond leagues are it's it's pretty invigorating like they they do a good job over there we just need to bring that to the u.s is what we yeah need to do. yeah that was i think the most shocking thing when i was in budapest for those days is first of all the amount of people in that stadium it was like filled which was crazy yeah. because the stadium was huge and it wasn't like i don't know how many people are coming to hungary like it's just kind of like a random place but maybe i guess not for europe I don't know how central yeah. it really is for people to like go to. I don't know how easy it is for travel or whatever, but those fans were some of the crazy, they were probably the, well, I haven't been to any of the diamond league, so I don't know, but they were actually the craziest fans I've ever seen. Like there was one, yeah. there was someone, I don't even know if it was in your heat of the, it was the first round of the 800. Uh-huh. And there was, I don't know if it was your heat or someone else's heat, but there was a Hungarian guy in it. And I've never heard a stadium so, so loud for the first round of a men's 800. In my entire oh, life. Oh, yeah. Like, it was almost ear piercing. You love to see that national pride. Like, it's, I feel like that's how it happens at all the Diamond Leagues. They'll have the, like, hometown kids running and stuff. And, yeah, the, the energy always gets hyped up for that. Um, I don't understand why they don't have it. Why don't they have that in the U.S., though? Because it's like, I was at Worlds in Eugene, and it just wasn't like that. I don't know. I don't know. See, see oh, I don't want to talk about, it about Eugene. But, like, that's, like, <laughs> our track capital. Like, it's track town in the USA. And, like... I got to run once at the old Hayward and like that felt so special. And like the energy was there. And like, I mean, it was like Eugene 2020 worlds was like pretty awesome, but I don't know. I just haven't felt like that same energy in that stadium yet. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I think people just need to get a little bit more rowdy. Cause I feel like it, it yeah. just was a, it was a fun atmosphere for the fans. And I don't know how it is for a competitor. Like, do you like it being louder? Oh, absolutely. It's just yeah. like you definitely get that energy from the crowd and like just hypes you up and makes you want to impress them or like, I don't know, do your best. <laughs> yeah. How was your world's experience this year? 
it was good um I was kind of like it's always such a stressful time um I fell short a little bit disappointed with that final it's just I was so confident going into everything and the rounds were going well and track is just so frustrating sometimes because like that final round I something just like wasn't there like I don't know what we if we did something wrong the night prior like the times were like good leading up with like the diamond leagues and I was running well on that and I don't know I just felt the race getting away from me and then it was like well here I am in last place in the final so it's tough I mean track beats you down sometimes and it's it's frustrating to like not know what you could have done differently but yeah no it's, it's still a great experience like trying to learn from it and take it on to the next one there's definitely more teams to be made in the future what did you learn from it you're still I trying to figure it out <laughs> still trying to figure it out just like I, I don't like yeah I don't know I, I wish I had the answers <laughs> um because me and sometimes my coach it, maybe like, it was just a bad day like sometimes it genuinely is you just don't have it yeah it's it's hard to like line that up but like I don't know. I mean, you see all the other like incredible people out there, like Jakob and like all those people who just like seem to not have a bad day ever. So it's like, all right, like give me some of that magic, you know? Well, he didn't have the best day on on, on the 1500 final. So true. He did get a little upset right there. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. But that's like, I mean, getting second still isn't really that bad, but for him, it's probably devastating. Would be nice. Your, your not best day is getting a silver medal. (laughs) (laughs) Did you race it all yeah. after, or was that the end of your season? Yeah, I went and raced at Brussels, ran a decent time, still just, like, didn't quite have it there. I don't know, like, this season kind of just, like, not that I was going through the motions, like, getting too personal to what was going outside of running, but I think there were just, like, factors not lining up in my life with, I don't know, my training environment. And, like, I've always kind of, like, trained solo this time of year, and so that that's kind of tough. Um, but... Yeah, we're trying to get it figured out for this next year since it's it's a big year. Um, but yeah. Uh, so where do you train? So I still train in Lawrence. I never left um, the university there. Uh, and it's great. We have a great group of guys that I get to train with while they're in season. But our season just goes so much later. And like everyone leaves for the summer. And then it's just like me in the small town Lawrence kind of just like doing my own thing. Yeah. Can't say it's like had the funnest time, but I mean. I was trying to get my nose down and keep putting in the work that I needed to. And yeah, I mean, a lot of that postseason and through the summer was, was pretty solo. So that, that makes it tough. So what do you do to keep yourself sane, to have fun? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to figure it out. Uh, playing a lot of video games. I have some good friends back home that I like to keep in touch with and just run games like Call of Duty and Fortnite and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to take up reading, although I don't really have the attention span for that and I'll get bored and then kind of restless and um but yeah now i've been trying to figure that out to have a more uh i don't know it, it's hard to like figure out what you need as a professional athlete just because like there's not a whole lot of structure for track and field to where like i can't just like pick up and go and like hey i'm joining this group or i don't know we need to figure it out this this next year and that's that is one of the things that i'm like kind of learning that like well that missing that aspect of life was didn't play in well to my performance so yeah have you thought about joining a team? Um, yeah, I don't really like, <laughs> I don't know who to join. You know, like, I feel like all the 800 guys specifically are like mid distances. Everyone's kind of like spread around and there's not really any like true mid distance team. So I'd either like kind of putting, be putting myself into like a new situation to where like I still might not have like a training partner. Whereas like if I joined a distance group, they're probably doing not the same kind of stuff that I'd want to be doing. And it's just hard to like, I don't know the this the things that I'm doing now is like has me at this level but that missing like step of like getting to that next level and like going after like American records in those faster times like I'm still trying to figure out what would be best and like how to achieve that yeah and it's also hard to like make a change like it's because it is risky because you've had so much success like where you are now but yeah like you said sometimes change is good sometimes you just need something different but I also agree like 800 is a weird event where even like, like any of the, like the female 800 runners either it's like they're all, everyone's on a team that's either like really really sprint based or really really like strength based so yeah. there's not like a there's not like an 800 group so yeah exactly well isn't so to that aspect like even if i were to find like a group or like another 800 guy to go train with 
that 800 guy might have like a completely different way of doing things. Yeah. And, and like, it probably wouldn't even line up in that aspect to where like, he probably like more of a sprint side of it. And then it's like, well, <laughs> we're here together, but we're not doing the same stuff. So, yeah. Well, so you're probably pretty close with all the other 800 guys. Cause there's like a set group of you guys that I feel like, I don't know, is always in the top group. Do you, I mean, I don't know how often you're talking about your training with each other, but do you like <laughs> um, notice any similarities between any of those guys? No, I, I've definitely become friends with a lot of those guys over time. Um, me and Donovan have the same agent, so we've always been kind of connected through that. Um, and so, I don't know, I want to try to talk with him and see what we can get figured out. That might be something exciting to explore to see if he can get healthy and then maybe we can set something up to, to push each other to, to do well for the men's US 800 meter um but then Clayton obviously we've been on like every team together and so we've become close but I'd say Clayton and me are probably the most similar in training um but he's doing his own thing up in Ohio and yeah um that's just kind of like another thing like where you don't I don't know it's it's hard like you just have to one of us would have to pack up our lives and go do move somewhere else and it's 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 hard <laughs> it's scary yeah. yeah especially without any sort of like actual team it's there's yeah. like no backing because then, then it's like then you have to go find your pt your strength coach like there's just so much involved if you're not on a set team and but there's just so few set teams out there so it's like yeah that's why it's been so hard for me to leave kansas because like i mean my coach is what got me to this level and i've been incredibly thankful for him to to have that like training program and like his faith in me and everything that's that's gotten me here and so it's just like yeah <laughs> Don't what do you think helped you make so many improvements in college? Yeah, I think so coming into college, like I was, I mean, I ran 149 in high school, um, um, but like I didn't have the most stellar freshman year. And I think that first like sting of like, I don't want to like say failure, but I was like the first spot out of making it to nationals and to go to like Eugene and stuff. And so that stung. And like, I really kind of just like, put my head down like that summer I went into my like strength coach was like all right coach like I'm gonna be working through this whole summer like give me strong like give me like faster like let's let's get to work and so I think that summer kind of like set off my my progress towards like getting better and then everything kind of just like snowballed after that because like once I had a good performance that sophomore year and it's like all right I expect myself to like keep doing these good performances and then the time just kept coming down and then that sophomore year just like went from like a 148 mid guy to I think I ran 145 by the end of the year and I couldn't tell you like the specifics of like how I did all that but it just kind of felt like I was building off the excitement from each each performance after the other and then yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like and once you keep improving improving you set the standard for yourself and so it's like you can't back down you know it's like once you go from 149 to 148 you got to keep doing 148s or else the 149s going to be a failure so yeah yeah I no. feel like when you keep just reaching new levels that just becomes the standard so I guess that makes sense yeah. absolutely that's that might that's what makes being pro hard though too is because um the the college season is like they would put me in just like every race like I that one my junior year I ran like 20 like 22 races and like we we're doing like small ones, like to where it like didn't matter. I could run like a 149 or I could run like a 148 and like I'd still win the race or something. And so it was nice to get those reps in and like kind of like get the get it going and like build into the season. But like now being pro, they're going to put you in a race and they're going to expect 144 or like a 143. And so it's hard to like compete at that level every time. And it gets it gets tiring, especially when you like start doing indoor and then try to get hold that like from February all the way till like September. Um it's tough yeah it makes it makes it hard and mentally draining as well yeah do you like racing more then or is it just like a I don't know I, I guess yeah, so. when you're putting in the reps yeah I would want to race more just like do a bunch of like smaller stuff I think me and my coach were like I don't know if he was joking but he was like yeah we're gonna get you in some 400s this upcoming season just because you won't have to worry about running the times and we can just get the, like the legs moving and get that speed that you need um so we'll see if that turns manifests into anything but uh, I think it'd be fun to see what I can do in some open fours, but obviously yeah. still focus on the 800, but try to get that work in with that. Does the 400 scare you? <laughs> I think open 400 scares me because I have no clue how to come out of the blocks. Yeah. Uh, have you, any, yeah. Have any... you been done blocks before? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I've done the open fours before when I was in college and I did a standing start. So that makes you always 
look goofy when you're going up against actual 400 guys. Um, but I, I anchored our four by four team for most, most of the time when I was in college and ran some pretty decent times from that. And so I think that's where my 400 meter has been showing, but I would definitely have to practice some blocks if I wanted to do the open. <laughs> I actually, I don't even know how to get into blocks. I don't even know where I would begin to start. I would look so goofy, especially now, yeah. honestly, but even back then, I, like, I don't even think I could get in those things. They're like hard. <laughs> yeah, no way. I think I would, I would probably stumble out of them. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how to set them up. Uh, I know one goes behind the other, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I know people do the little not... foot thing and then they <laughs> put the block somewhere. That's about all I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could probably figure it out, but couldn't say I'd have the best form coming out of them. So what scares you more, 400 or 1,500? <laughs> 1,500 scares me more for sure, just because it's way more painful, takes longer. I can, like, fake a 400. It's really hard to fake a 15, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like 400, though, is excruciating. I don't think 15s are really that bad. I think 800 is way worse than 1,500. Yeah, I don't know. Being an 800 guy, like, I feel like I'm used to, like, that lactic pain and, like, your body locking up. So, like, it's not anything new when going down to the 400. Like, I know what I'm getting into and, like, uh, like I guess I'd say I got used to that. Um, whereas a 15, like, you kind of have to, like, endure that pain when it starts setting in after, like, those three laps. And it's like, dang, like, I still got to go another lap. Like, I kind of want to be done right now. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because then I think about – when I was like in college and then like doing something like the 3k or the 5k it was the same sort of thing where it was like I don't know the pace isn't really that much slower and it's just like way more mentally uncomfortable and I don't I think I'm just like a little bit of a wussy and I can't really handle doing two times <laughs> the amount of work because then my brain just starts going into it there's too many chances to give up in the longer races like too many opportunities I give myself to I don't know think <laughs> think about <laughs> yeah. how hard it is yeah, no, they made me run cross country when I was in, in college too. So that was, that was never a fun time, but managed to manage to make my way through that. Was it good? Like, were you good? Uh, I wouldn't say I was the best. I, I think I ran like 25 low for 8K and I never quite made it up to 10K just because, I mean, they act like tossing on 2000 more meters is nothing when they go to regionals and stuff. I'm like, guys, 8,000 is already enough. And you're just like going to casually put on another 2000 that I don't want to run. So yeah, never, never quite made it to the, to the regionals or anything doing like that, but my AKs were all right, I guess. Yeah. I don't know why they do that to you guys. I don't know why they add on the, that makes no sense. Like why not just do it for the whole yeah. season if you're going to do that? Yeah, no, you definitely keep it consistent. Or, we don't do it for the woman. So it's like, huh? But I'm like, I was also glad that they didn't do it for the woman. Cause I could not yeah. handle it. They like made us, because there was talks about them changing it to a 10K. There might still be talks. I don't know. I'm not following the college distance, <laughs> uh, whatever talks. But I there's just no way that if they put me in a 10K, I would have been able to complete it. Or like anyone on my team, because we were like all kind of 1500 runners. So if if they made us do a 10K, I think we would have, it would have been a very different result in all of our classes. So. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a huge difference that they act like they can just change up on us <laughs> yeah it makes no sense out there but people you know people do it and do well yeah. at it so true, the 10k true. runners build different <laughs> yeah i mean they kind of like started to phase out not like phase out but i mean they don't run the 10k in the diamond leagues anymore so yeah uh, why do they do that i mean it's all about like making it more appealing to like the average viewer and stuff and it's hard to fit a 10k into the that tv schedule you got going and so yeah that makes sense yeah. it's kind of a bummer though for the 10k runners uh, yeah but i feel like you have a lot of dual threat people right if you're on the 10k you're probably like pretty decent at the 5k as well yeah but yeah i don't know sucks to do that <laughs> i guess yeah for real running anything over a mile i was like y'all are doing that to yourself <laughs> yeah exactly you're sentencing yourself <laughs> to that so <laughs> What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. 
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What do you think about when you're running an 800? I'm just curious. Like, What does one of the best in the, in the world think when they're... <laughs> that's that's always a hard question i'd say like um staying like relaxed and try not to think about anything for that first lap and then just after that is like when you start really kind of like thinking like oh man like oh, he's going and kind of just like all right don't blow up like okay you got to get going now and in my head it's like a bunch of like race tactics and like kind of like visualizing and seeing what other people are doing is like what's going on in my head um but that first 400 i like to say like you want to kind of like take a nap and not think about anything that way you like feel ready to go for the i don't know like feel ready to go for the 400 where like uh nothing happened now this is where the race starts yeah that's kind of what i used to do in the 1500 when i ran and i would for the first 800 i would literally pretend or i would get through the 800 and then i would take a deep breath and just pretend that the first 800 didn't happen so that i just forget about it and then so it's like i gaslit myself into like thinking i wasn't <laughs> like i didn't run that first half of the race yeah and then, like, that's what like makes having pacers interesting is because like everyone in the race really can just like shut their brains off because like we know someone is out there just like taking us through and so you just like sit there behind someone and just like run and not think about anything and then when they step off it's like okay then now people are going to start trying to make moves trying to cut you off trying to move in these positions and so i've always thought yeah pacing definitely makes races a lot a lot different in the 800 than like a championship Andrew Meter race. Which do you like better? Like pace ones or the ones where it's, you never know. What's I think, gonna... I think the championship ones are more fun just cause like you kind of, you're going to be able to predict like what's going to happen in the, in the pace ones. Like it's just going to be like an all out like sprint for everybody. And it's just like, all right, th- this person's the most fit and they're most likely going to win. Whereas like a championship style is like kind of just like, whoever plays it smartest and can kind of have those upsets. Um, but for me, I think championship racing is definitely more fun. Yeah. I think people that like championship racing better are the ones that do better. So <laughs> that's good. Every <laughs> single successful, um, especially like middle distance runner I know, they like the racing aspect of it. And that's what makes them, um, you know, win medals and qualify to all of the world championships. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think is the best race that you've ever run? Best race that I've ever run? I still think that one in, I didn't even win this race, but it was my PR. Um, it was like coming off of COVID and we hadn't run in forever. And it was like, all right, we finally get to go again. And I think just the excitement and like, I was so relaxed and just kind of like enjoying time at home and stuff. And then all of a sudden we just got to get shipped over to Monaco and go run a fast diamond league race. Um, but I just feel like, felt so smooth and relaxed and just got out there had no clue what kind of shape I was in uh just kind of like raced with Donovan and Marco and got my PB and yeah I think that was probably my my best race and I always try to like recreate that of just like being relaxed and stuff but um yeah it's hard (laughs) it's it's hard to like recreate those perfect moments and um still trying to get back to that yeah yeah I mean, it's hard to have a perfect moment every time that you race. So <laughs> True. that's what makes them True. perfect. This is because they're so special that they rarely come <laughs> along. <laughs> also, everyone says that Monaco is like amazing. So that makes sense. They just set up like a perfect environment and it's such a cool stadium and you get to be right there on the, the coast. And yeah, it's, I don't know. And it's also the, the place itself is just like very ritzy. And so you feel like you're doing something important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um no it's it's a it's definitely a special place to go around how was your COVID experience because that was like right after your 
like amazing year so how was that going straight into not being able to race at all <laughs> yeah it was so frustrating because like the olympics were supposed to be that year and like i, I don't i don't want to like speculate or say how things might have played out but like me and donovan were like the best that 2020 year like i was coming off my incredible season and i was like hungry just like ready to get going and then it's like nope you don't get to race at all you get to like maybe do one or two and got my personal best and so it's and then, I, and then I got injured the next year going into the, into the Olympics and just didn't race where I wanted to. And so it was, it was frustrating. Like, although I had like a relaxing time kind of like taken away and just like relaxing at home with my family and stuff. Um, after it all, I was like, man, like, I really wish like I would have gotten that season back and got to see what I would have done if the Olympics were actually in 2020. Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way. So, you know, yeah. also I heard that the Olympics were just were an, an unusual um, atmosphere. So, yeah, just no energy. There's no one in the, no one in the stands at all. You could hear a pen drop in there. And yeah, it was, it was a very odd experience. Like, especially with it being the first Olympics, like there was a lot of hype and a lot of like nerves. And then you just like got out there and like could hear your breathing on the line. And it was, it was, it was definitely an odd experience. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah hopefully the next one is a little i mean it will be different so yeah uh, what did you injure uh so yeah that's a fun story i um was doing speed work like maybe a month out a month out from the trials maybe like a month and a half um doing speed work and kind of overextended my stride a little bit and tore a little bit in my right quad oh. and it was one of the most painful things I've ever done. And I had to like stop running there for a little bit. And even coming back from that, I was like, uh, over that summer, I was like seeing my trainer like twice a day, just like trying to get it like runnable, like even. And um, I wasn't able to like fully sprint or like feel like I had my full range of motion literally until that first like warm up for the Olympic trials, like going into my first round. And I was like doing the Not warm up and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like doing my warm up strides, like, oh man, like I can kind of like, I can kind of move right now, like I can get this full range of motion. And I was like, all right, like let's go out there. And then obviously, like I wasn't in the fit, like fitness that I should be, and like not feeling super confident. Um, so that first round actually was like really rough. Um, did not feel comfortable at all with a, I think it was like a high one forty eight, and I was like, man, that felt that did not feel good. Um, but luckily things kind of clicked and we're able to make it happen. How do you like? It's great. I don't know if, if you're not. If, yeah, if you're not feeling good though, like you, I don't know. How do you overcome that mentally? I had a very sleepless night while I was there for the trials. Um, I don't know if I did overcome it. I I guess I did, but um, no, it was a rough time. Um, I just kind of had that confidence and I had the right people around me, and I had a lot of people there supporting me. Um, I had a good cheering section, like. I had a lot of family and friends that, that came to support. And so I think having those people like wanting you to do well um, really pulled me through and was thankful for them that I had them there or else I think it would have turned out very differently. Yeah. Did you ever think that you would make it to the Olympics? Yeah, no, this, it was definitely a dream come true. Like even like how all my seasons had gone prior to that, um, coming across that line and like actually like, all right, I get to be an Olympian was it was a feeling like no other and hopefully recapture that soon yeah i can't, literally can't even imagine i don't even know what that would feel like <laughs> yeah. like when you were Maybe. young like when you were growing up like did you ever just your was your goal like ever to become an olympian or was it kind of like the thing where you started seeing it happen in front of you and then you're like maybe i can make the olympics i mean absolutely like i i grew up around so much sports where like oh like i want to be a professional athlete i want to like play in the mlb i want to be an olympian like all that kind of stuff and but it's like always just like dreams like for it to actually like come true just like it doesn't feel real when you actually achieve it and yeah I, like even looking back on it it's like wow like that that did happen <laughs> yeah is being a professional runner what you expected um absolutely with uh with the competing aspect of it yeah like when we get over to europe and we get to do those diamond leagues and when we get to travel with team usa i would say absolutely um but like coming back over here and like the training aspect of it and like what I do on my day-to-day -day life, I'd probably say is a little different from what I've expected. Um, but I think they do really well when we do um, get to like those high level races and 
it is really exciting stuff and we get to go some beautiful beautiful places with the moss and the crowds um what does your day-to-day life look like take us through a day <laughs> maybe not maybe not your day today but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no today's not great um but yeah what do I do I usually like I got my morning routine of like waking up getting a walk in and just getting a solid breakfast and I usually always like make my coffee is such a huge part of my day I whoa, actually whoa, whoa, whoa. let's go into detail let's go into detail <laughs> I do my coffee like the french press just because like I feel like you get the most flavor out of it um and I got my like hazelnut creamer that I do. Um, what brand? I, what brand? We need to know. Right now, I've been going with some Pete's. Pete's uh, one of the dark roasts. Okay. Um, it's solid. Um, I don't know why I said all that one. It was probably just deals at the at the grocery store. Yeah, and you're I just, just looking at the, the red tags. You're like, sure. <laughs> but then, like, once you get your flavor, so like now that that's like my coffee. It's where like, all right, let me go like try a different flavor, and I like have it, and like that's good. But like that's not the same. That's not what I've been drinking. Yeah, you know, I get it. And, then, but then it's like you feel like it's a waste because you bought a whole bag of it, and you're like, "Why did I do that?" But then I don't want to waste the bag, so then I just kind of suffer through it, and then I go back to my old, um, old flavor. And then once in a while, you know, I get that itch to try something new, and then the cycle just continues over and over again. Yeah, and so that's that's my go-to in the morning, and so this is where I'm probably like a little too dependent on caffeine. Is I'll always have my second coffee later in the day. And that's okay. usually like a, a vanilla cream cold brew. Yeah, sweet vanilla cream cold brew from Starbucks. So good. Great, um, great yeah. um, choice there. I, yeah. I approve and, of that one. Yeah, warm coffee for the mornings and then ice for later in the day. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely need to, I actually tried to detox from caffeine recently and it wasn't a fun time. Had some headaches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's too bad, you know. If you're, if yeah. you're a runner, I feel like mo- a lot of people are dependent on caffeine as a runner <laughs> yeah that's that's what i tell myself <laughs> yeah i feel like it's more rare to not drink coffee as an well kind of even as an adult like if someone just drink coffee i'm like hmm i don't even like it because of the caffeine i just like it because of my like little routine like it's the same sort of thing where it's like i have my little espresso yeah. machine and make my little <laughs> latte in the morning like i wake up and the first thing i think of is my latte and if i can't have it i get a little bit depressed i'm like emotionally attached to my coffee I don't know why I haven't gotten an espresso machine yet, but I like, so I came on kind of late to the coffee scene to like, I only started drinking it like maybe like 2019. Mm. And so I feel, I still feel like even that, like trying to tell you my Starbucks order, what I like that cold brew one. And like the thought of like getting an espresso machine and trying to make my own espresso is like still a little intimidating. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, like, yeah going to starbucks and ordering things this has always been a little intimidating because i still don't know the sizes by heart i just i tell them medium every time like i <laughs> seriously come on grande <laughs> no. it's like the easiest thing okay. you're not even getting the venti or the now. tall well <laughs> i i discovered because well then i started using the app and so then it's like okay i see oh. the sizes now like i have them visualized i can see the sizes and there's a what is it called like a, a trenta. trenta a trenta and i was like oh man Looks like I'm ordering this. And so I discovered the Trenta like within the past month. And yeah, it's the, the caffeine addiction is building. So have you been, have you ordered the Trenta? I have. I was You've like, been ordering you the Trenta, to. the Trenta vanilla not, cold brew? Not regularly, not regularly. But like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I got to, I got to see what this 64 ounces of coffee is like. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that. That actually is like a bold move. I think I would have heart palpitations for at least. 72 hours if I drank one of those but that's kind of impressive <laughs> it's too much coffee I drank it all I also have the problem like I'm sure people like like to sip and just like enjoy their coffee I mean I enjoy my coffee but for some reason it's like once I get in my hand like it's gonna be gone in the like next five minutes <laughs> I agree I'm the same way I cannot savor beverages it's not something yeah. I do and I only drink iced coffee and that's really easy to, to get down quickly yeah. so it's like I think it's just yeah. a habit of being like a runner as well just like i'm always like hydrating like trying to get in water trying to get electrolytes and stuff to where just the coffee kind of slips in there too and oh it's gone <laughs> yeah it's like i forget that i'm not drinking like electrolytes i'm drinking caffeine cold brew like it's <laughs> it's hard sometimes yeah. when i'm like checking out and stuff um okay I, I like also if you can make a french press i feel like you can do anything like you can start 
using the espresso machine. But I will say, like, I've been drinking coffee for a while, and I didn't get an espresso machine until this year because I was like, I need. To, oh. I was spending so much money on coffee where I was like, I actually need to stop. I was door dashing myself coffee, which is not good. It was like, oh, it was like fourteen dollars. <laughs> Like it was not good. I was like, I just need to invest in an espresso machine. And I didn't know like anything. Like I only get, I used to only drink cold brew and then like lattes or whatever. So it's like, I don't really even know what like the cappuccinos and the Americanos or whatever. I don't know any of that. But all I know is that my espresso machine makes an amazing latte and that's all I need to know. And it's not hard to use. So I highly recommend if you want to make the investment, but. I think I might have to. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you're you're okay. selling it. You're selling it well. You need a sponsorship with yeah. Espresso. Yeah, everyone use my code. Um, <laughs> I wish. Okay, so you have your coffee. Sorry, I completely interrupted your day because I got too excited. I actually oh, made myself a coffee. <laughs> okay, so you drink your you drink your French press. Then what? Uh, then I usually try to get like my like base mileage out out of the way. Like nine a.m. Usually, I don't know. It doesn't really depending on the time and certain days we'll have the workout. So it's always different. Uh, leading with that but the workouts take a big part of the day because you got like go to the track get the lift in and kind of get some like cool down shake out and stuff and so I try to like have running take up as much part of the day as I can but those regular days when it's not a workout you'll usually just have like a six mile run and it can only take so long (laughs) so it's like all right got that out of the way um and then is where the procrastination comes in because then it's like okay I have like either core just like yoga or like stretching and stuff and Uh-oh. put that off till now i'm just like living in a state of like <laughs> um just like procrastination just like all right let's see how long i can put this off or like do this and then i'll go distract myself with other things throughout the day and then i don't know from there like my day kind of just revolves around meals um i love to <laughs> to to eat as well as i can um mm-hmm. probably spend too much that's where my weakness comes in i spend a lot of a lot of money on food and probably eat eat out like at least two meals a day <laughs> what um, actually yeah. that's not that crazy but that's uh, a lot that of money feels crazy yeah i know <laughs> yeah but um and then usually kind of just like relax play video games and start it all over yeah what's your like go-to oh, meals actually sorry this is a big part of my day that oh, i ooh. kind of just like left out um i moved to this apartment specifically for this there's like a nine nine hole like three part golf course like right around the it's called the links and uh try to get in as much golf as i can just i'm still not the best at golf but it's i'm trying to get better and that's definitely been playing a big role to that is living there (laughs) i don't understand golf i don't understand the hype but it's a a lot of people love it and i like riding around the golf in the golf cart but what does (laughs) what does golf bring to you well, I feel like just that leisurely activity to where like, it's not like too physically draining unless you're like out there for four hours and you're actually going to play like 18 with your, with your friends and stuff. Um, but I'd say it's just like more relaxing and gives you a reason to get out in the sun and breathe some fresh air, um, be competitive sometimes. Um, but I don't know. I, I enjoy it a lot. I'd, I'd yeah. say the relaxing aspect of it the most. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a fun little hobby. It's like sports because like, I wish I could get into it, but I just don't, I don't know. I'd rather just ride around in the golf cart, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Having some beers though and yeah. out there on the golf course. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> that's cool that your apartment has that though. Makes it a little more interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, can't say your car is ever in a good spot. Um, not to get a couple dings. Um, luckily I haven't had a broken windshield or anything or some dents, but um we were out there with, I was out there with a couple of my buddies and they put a pretty good little dent into the side of one of the cars. So nice. <laughs> Got to be aware of where you park. Yeah. <laughs> um, since you're, you know, a professional athlete and you have like a contract, did you splurge on anything? Like, are you, did you spend big amount of money on anything now that you're professional? Uh, I feel like I've been like pretty responsible with it. Um, but like that first, that like first week of when I was pro, um, I don't know if it's just like a dude thing, but I was like, I'm gonna go buy like the best TV I can possibly can like buy right now. <laughs> and so like I went straight to Best Buy, I just got like, um, just like curved Samsung like TV that I still have, and <laughs> I would say that was like my splurge. Um, but no, I try to be responsible. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good investment. <laughs> I feel like it's either that or a car. People are doing one or the other. 
um, yeah. depending on how big the contracts are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> True. No. Um, what we'll is be that? running forever. So. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do after running? You know. Yes, yeah, that is a tough question. I hope that I have as many years as I still can get out of my legs. Um, I have not put my mind or thought to that yet. Um, <laughs> something fun, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you fin- you finished school, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I got a business finance. Um, but I don't I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with that yet. You work on Wall Street, sports, maybe? I don't know, yeah. I think <laughs> staying in sports, though. My life has been, like, revolved around sports for so long that I don't, like, it won't feel complete if I'm just, like, not doing something around in the sports realm. So maybe coaching, maybe, like, try to get in the front office of, like, some of the big sports teams or, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you have time. How much longer do you want to run for, do you know? I think I got, what, like, 26 now. I think I got, like, five years left in me. Nice. You usually can make it to 30, 31. Early. We'll see. Depends. Got to take care of your body. Then marathon? Marathon next? Oh, heck no. I don't think you'll ever catch me on the roads. I think you'll catch me going up to the 15 maybe at some point. But uh, I will not be... No. <laughs> uh, what about a road mile? You you wouldn't do one of those? Oh, I'd do a road mile. I feel like that uh is the fifth half one that's like always here at the end of the year. Yeah, and everyone says it's super fun. It's at the end of the season. Yeah, I need to get to that, but it, it wasn't at the end of the season this time because I think we still had Eugene. Oh yeah, I forgot. So, well, it's the end of some the, people's season. Oh sure, yeah, but I think yeah, I want to get to that one eventually, and hopefully they can yeah, never time it well at the Diamond League final, but yeah. You would never run. You would never want to run a marathon. Oh man, that's just. I've never run over, I think twelve miles. So, adding on fourteen more sounds very painful. Yeah. <laughs> but it's we'll not see, that I bad think. though. Yeah, have you run one? Yeah, I run one, or I've run two, and they're not honestly that bad. It's just like you got to train for. It's like the training that's the hard part you got to do the yeah. really really long training runs and it's like when you're on like the 22 mile training run you're like why don't i just finish this because i don't want because it's just so long and then you have to go run 26 later so it's like the training is yeah. just the hardest part but anyone could do one see i'm so competitive though that like i don't want to like just do it like if i'm gonna run it i'm gonna want to run like a decent time yeah so, i get it i get it sounds like a lot of work <laughs> yeah and then i think about the actual pro league marathoners and that actually makes me want to throw up like they're, they're training and then just being in that amount of pain for that long like i don't know how they do it i actually don't i would crumble yeah, no, the, those paces that that they run like i can't do that for like a solid tempo so yeah <laughs> can't say i'll ever be a professional marathoner that's for sure <laughs> what's your favorite and least favorite workout uh least favorite is mile repeats um nice. it's just getting up there in way too much volume <laughs> i think after the first two i think we usually do five like all right coach like i'm ready to be done yeah <laughs> um so that's never fun um my favorite which is also kind of like the most painful is the one that we start doing towards like the end of the year to get ready for like the big races to kind of like feel that lactic or or starting to get into the big races um it's like the five three two workout to where it's just like 500 300 and 200 like very fast like pretty much as fast as you can go but with very little rest and so i usually find myself like almost crawl into the line for by the time we get to that 200 and yeah it's a painful one but it's a fun one because i feel like it gets me ready for for the important stuff this is just one round of five through two so it's normally two rounds and i tried three for the first time this year and i don't think i've ever felt more dead in my life <laughs> like that like i don't even like really remember doing that last 200 meter rep because like he was just like go like go and like I just like don't even remember like thinking about it or like even doing it, but like my body just like collapsed once I finished it because it was it's too much. Like three rounds is not it. That's for sure. That's like I feel like my head would hurt so bad after going lactic for that long because you're already like yeah. lactic after that first one. I wouldn't even like describe it as lactic at that point. My body was really just like no, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> it's harmful. <laughs> it's harmful to your health at that point. No, I that's a yeah anytime you suggest a third round say it's yeah it's not good for my health coach <laughs> yeah 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 there you go <laughs> I, I kind of wonder a lot of the time like I don't think running is very good for your health like I look back at some of like the workouts I did and like how I felt at the end I was like there's no way that this is like you know adding <laughs> on to my life yeah no. <laughs> I think uh definitely some of the those track workouts are 
um you can only be so fit and then I think you're just like working your heart and your whole system a little too hard yeah after that you like are you like a thrower up or after workouts or are you like uh just I don't know I'm not luckily I've luckily I've never thrown up I think that's what makes me like kind of good at the 800 is like I handle the lactic very well like I've never had like an upset stomach or anything like that from lactic stuff um so I feel like handle that pretty well luckily not thrown up (laughs) that's nice yeah, I feel like a lot of the 800 is just a hard event. A lot of people have stomach problems. Like a lot of the 800 runners, like in college that I would watch them working out or whatever, there's a lot of barfing at the end. And I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> I've never thrown yeah. up from running. So I'm like, I don't even know what that would feel like. Like, am I not pushing yeah. myself hard enough where I'm not like throwing up? But I don't really want to find out. <laughs> Definitely seen a few of my teammates that chant with the 800 lose their lunch a few times. Yeah. Some people <laughs> were doing like every time. I was like, ew, what? I guess you just become used to it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's, couldn't be me. Yeah, couldn't be me either. Um, I'm thankful it's not. Yeah, me too. I'm (laughs) thankful I just like, yeah, maybe black out a little bit. But other than that, I'm all good. Not that I've lost my eyesight, but I've definitely gotten a little space in the eyes a few times. (laughs) Yeah, I think most runners have. Okay, well, (laughs) I don't even know where this episode has gone. But I have some listener (laughs) questions that I want to get to before um, we end it. So thoughts on refrigerating maple syrup? Nah, you don't got to refrigerate maple syrup. Why do you want like, because then when you're eating your pancakes, you don't want cold maple syrup. I want cold maple syrup. I like my maple syrup cold. The the, (laughs) the contrast between the hot, steaming hot pancakes and the cold maple syrup is delicious. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Well, I'll even one up you with that. Some people put their maple syrup in the freezer because it doesn't freeze. Oh geez, no! I've I've always left it just like as a pantry item to where no. it's ready to go, and because then I feel like my pancakes get cold. <laughs> what? Carissa, I, so okay, so I live I live with Carissa, and she would put her pan or she would put her syrup in the freezer. It was like authentic, like Canadian maple syrup that I think someone on our team gave to her. I don't know. She would put the in okay. the freezer and says that this is how you're supposed to keep maple syrup. Sure. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Like maybe it is better. I I just never put it in the fridge. Hey, you do you. <laughs> You know, everyone has their preferences. So hey, I'll, I'll give it a test. I'll give it a test. Who am I to who am I to tell you where to put your maple syrup? <laughs> I just think you're crazy for leaving me in the in the pantry. But well, you're probably using what what is like the yeah. See, I'm not using the genuine stuff. Like I, oh. I just get some. Well, I think it's called Pearl Milling Company now. Yeah. But it used to be Aunt Jemima. Yeah, that syrup is good though. I used to eat oh, that crap, stuff. and I would douse my pancakes in that. Yeah, see, I, I grew up eating it, and so that's like you can't switch. Yeah, maybe don't put, don't put that one in the freezer. I think that would freeze because I don't know what yeah. else is in there. It's not that it's not that pure Canadian maple syrup, authentic. <laughs> Dang, I need to get, start shipping my stuff in Canada. Then I guess. I guess ask Carissa. <laughs> she's got the plug. Um, <laughs> someone is Logie's rooftop valid? What's Logie? Logie's? What is that? <laughs> that's the it is valid uh that's definitely probably the best like bar spot to go in lawrence now um only rooftop place to go um i've been there very many times though it's kind of a new like after i was out of the college scene so i only got to go there like i think once um but it was a fun time up there what do you like best about living in lawrence um definitely like I would say all the like sports of like KU, um, those basketball games are incredible to go to. Um, that was probably like one of the big drawing points of just like going to KU in, in general is um, watching KU basketball and on the field houses. I think an experience everyone should enjoy, especially if you like college basketball. Um, but it's definitely just like a small, nice little college town. Um, everything's university centered, like focused. Um, so it was cool to, to enjoy that while I was in school. How do you handle that weather? I can't way too cold now i get out of there now that i'm a pro um i avoid the winter there um but while i was there in college yeah i was usually getting injured slipping on ice it's they didn't they didn't uh being a kid from texas especially out in the like desert of texas they did not give me a warning that i was gonna be that cold (laughs) um uh but yeah then i've only seen one tornado though so that's that's lucky yeah, that is lucky. I feel like that's like the, I think of Kansas, I think of tornado. So <laughs> yeah, I only seen one and it didn't hit Lawrence. So well, there or, you go. Uh, yeah, knock on wood. Where do you go in the winter? Do you go to altitude? Uh, I've never trained at altitude. Um, usually um, 
I spent like one month down in San Diego earlier in my career. And then I try to get just back home to Texas um, nice. as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. Are those winters nice in Texas? They're better than here. Um, especially in Midland. I mean, Midland will maybe have like a few icy days, but I mean, we don't get any snow and it's probably just like 30, 30 at the coldest. So that's pretty sad. I mean, yeah, it's cold, but like here, like January, it'll get like negatives and you get a bunch of snow and it makes it just terrible running outside. So better than, better than here. I guess it's all about perspective. And, then and we my have perspective indoor... is coming from San Diego, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's unfair. That's, like, good weather all year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, okay, do you have it? My last question. Do you have advice to your younger self? Ooh. My advice to younger self would just, like, enjoy every bit of it. Like, it, it all goes by so fast, and, like, those big moments fly by, and... I would say just like live in those moments and remember every detail and try to take it in, do some journaling. And like, I don't know, I, it's been some pretty special stuff that I've got to experience and I'm definitely blessed for that. And I'd say just like be in those moments and try to take in as much as you can. What moment in your life do you feel like you wish you'd cherished more? I think I don't want to say that that night of, making like the olympic team like i had so many of like the special people in my life there and like i wish i could just like live in that moment more because there's like we all kind of like came together from a lot of people across the country and it was just nice being all together uh it's like i don't know not that like i wish i would have cherished it more but i kind of just like want to experience that again and have everyone together like that yeah well i hope you do and you'll have a chance i'm sure coming in hot already i don't even yeah. know when the trials are which, i already like booked came, my Airbnb. it came up way too quick like that it would just not been three years <laughs> yeah i know i'm like i'm actually like genuinely confused I'm like how did this come up yeah. so fast like my friends like, already all booked our airbnbs and stuff to go watch or whatever i'm like and they're like oh when, what days do you come i'm like i don't know i haven't thought about i literally just got back from budapest how am i thinking about my travel now to eugene already yeah no it's yeah eugene's tough to get into too like there's not very many lodging options yeah <laughs> when that's, that many a, that's a hot to debate yeah i want them to build i mean i'm from texas so i kind of have bias towards that but if we were to get like a nice facility like that or like ut were to redo their stuff like i think that'd be an awesome spot to, to host centralize and because the east coast people like getting over to eugene that can't be fun no that travel has to be brutal i mean i mean <laughs> i flew in and out of eugene all the time when i was in college and it was terrible like, I look back at some of those travel days, and I was like, I don't know how I did that. Like, flying from Eugene to Penn Relays, like, was actually yeah. brutal. Because it was, like, same day, too. I don't know. But I agree, yeah. like... Or when, we're, when yeah. we're hosting, like, Diamond League stuff, too. Like, those guys have to come from Europe and then come all the way across the United States. So it's like, oh, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. But, yeah, I feel like Texas would be a perfect place to do it. I mean, they already host, like, NCAAs and stuff, so... Just make well, a big yeah, I thought it was fun. Like it was, it was fun to see it change up and go down to Austin. So yeah, maybe we'll see something. Yeah. Anyways, not in my wheelhouse, so I'm not working on that. <laughs> but and hopefully, I don't know. You'll see a change, so you can compete somewhere else other than Eugene. But Eugene is fun. So oh, I, I love it. It's yeah, it'll always be a good special place. I've put a lot of a lot of nights in the graduate hotel there. <laughs> <laughs> um well i'm excited to watch you know your next season indoor when does your indoor start uh i'm not sure i'm not decided just because like it makes it a long season going through the olympics so i'm not sure what i'm doing for indoor yet um but it's usually like february i think yeah okay yeah. Well, i'm excited to follow along where can people follow you if they don't follow you on socials already oh if they don't follow me i said oh. i don't <laughs> know pretty much it's instagram and twitter or x that's weird to say now still so. Um, yeah, I, I keep dropping Twitter in on my like computer and my phone, like to go find it, and I'm confused because then it just doesn't pop up anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that's weird. Um, no, just I, I'd say definitely my Instagram is where I try to keep people in the loop the most. Okay, do you know what your handle is off the top of your head? <laughs> just Bryce Apple. Nice, easy. Yeah. All right, Bryce. Well, this episode went in a lot of different directions. You know, talking about maple syrup and the Olympics, but. I appreciate um, you coming on to chat. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? 
<laughs> Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. This episode was a lot about running and then got very off topic at the end, but I hope you guys enjoyed hearing um, our little tangents. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Commas Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes. Also, it means the world if you rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Really helps and I just love reading your guys' reviews. It seriously makes my day, makes my week. I love it so much. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.